All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. What's up, everybody? Welcome into a Monday, November 7th edition of Daily Faceoff Live. We're streaming live on Twitter, YouTube, as well as, of course, dailyfaceoff.com. He's former NHL goaltender and current Daily Faceoff analyst, Mike McKenna. Mike, what's up? How was your weekend? Well, if you can hear the tornado sirens in the background, that's only a test. It's just a test. It's the first Monday of the month here in St. Louis. Shows where I live. Had a great weekend. Coached a lot of hockey. My daughter played goalie, though, Frank. And my other daughter wanted to play goalie. So I don't know, dude. I, it's it's a long story. You doing pretty well yourself? Yeah, not bad. My guy has been really bugging me to play goalie. I let him play for a game. And sadly, he was actually really good because I'm trying to do everything I can to steer him away from playing goalie. <laughs> my wife's so mad right now. <laughs> Dealt with me Just, long enough. Yeah. Add it to the list. Let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and let's drop the puck with what was a wild and crazy weekend, at least for the Boston Bruins. And if you were had your head in the sand and somehow missed this story, it's a lot to unpack. On Friday at 12 noon, the Bruins announced the signing of Mitchell Miller, who was a draft pick of the Arizona Coyotes a couple years back. And that pick was renounced. My jaw was on the floor when I saw that email pop into my inbox thinking, wow, I wonder what the Bruins have done here in terms of due diligence to understand exactly what transpired with Mitchell Miller. And Mike, 
The answer to that is not very little because by Sunday night, the blowback was so extreme, not just from the public, also the league, as well as Bruins players, that they had to walk it back and also announce that they were cutting ties with Mitchell Miller. So he lasted just about 48 hours in the Boston Bruins organization. And my big question to you is, why? This feels like such an unforced error. It was so dumb. I don't have any other way to say it. Like in today's world, how on earth did the Bruins think that this was going to play well? And how could they have gone into it without asking the right questions and talking to the right people? Namely, the family of uh, of the victim in all of the bullying that Mitchell Miller did. Nobody talked to Isaiah Meyer Crothers, the family, at all. And the Bruins kept referencing that Miller had learned from his isolated incident as a 14-year-old. Well, no, in a letter written by the family, it described years and years of bullying and racism that occurred at the hands of Miller to their developmentally disabled son. Like, I'm beside myself that the Bruins could have gone into this and after the fact said that, Oh, we'd be willing to talk to Isaiah now after if they want to have that conversation. Like, these are the quotes that came out, Frank. Like, what's going on here, man? I, it just seems short-sighted. Like, clearly, that's the answer is that the Bruins didn't do all the work required, saying that they had spent a lot of time going through this process. And clearly, it was a really one-sided conversation in that they spoke yeah. and spent time with Mitchell Miller and his agent and Eustace King. But even the statement that came from Eustace King over the weekend, it was picked apart pretty easily by people and, and reporters on social media saying that's not volunteer work if it's if it's court mandated community service. And the Carnegie Initiative saying that you know they had decided that they were not going to work with Mitchell Miller. So the big thing is moving forward. Not just who's to blame here, because I thought it was really interesting that Don Sweeney, the Bruins general manager, was the guy taking uh, the bullets on Friday doing the, the media availability. But then by Sunday, when they had tried to walk this back, that it was Cam Neely, the guy, their president of hockey operations, that was then answering questions on Monday morning and also putting out that statement on Sunday. But Mike, I wanted to get your take on this from the player's perspective, because I think that's really important as well. The guys that were in that Bruins locker room, the team got off to a 10-1 start. Patrice Bergeron, Nick Foligno, Brad Marchand all publicly questioned the signing. They were brought into the process uh, about a week ago, according to Don Sweeney, saying basically that was their same question. Why do we need to do this? Why do we feel like this is imperative? And it feels to me like them deciding to speak out on Saturday as this 10-1 team flies into the league's media hub in Toronto, that not only did that highlight how much this was an unforced error by the Bruins, but also that the players have power in their words mm -hmm. when they choose to use their voices. Yeah, the players knew better than management and than executives in this. Cam Neely said he doesn't know why the family wasn't contacted. Well, you're in charge of the organization. I don't, I can't square that. I don't know how that happens, that lack of leadership. But if you want to take this to the players and what they did when we're talking about Bergeron and Brad Marchand and talking about Nick Foligno, they were commended by Isaiah saying, like they said, he wanted to make sure that they were knew that he was thankful for their compliments, their comments. And the players really can make a difference on this, but this, the contract still got signed. So nobody listened to the players when they were brought into this. I, I mean, Mitchell Miller reaches out to his victim 
after the Bruins start initiating the this process to sign a contract. So like the players, yes, they don't want this to happen. They've had a great culture. They don't want any distractions. They they want to just roll with it in Boston. And then they get firebombed by their own management here, Frank. Like it's a tough pill to swallow. It's as Nick Felino said, man, I don't know how you swallow that. Yeah, I, I do want to point out too that really everyone is wearing some of the stench of this, including the National Hockey League itself, because while Gary Bettman in Finland as the Global Series was being played said that he was caught off guard and that in this case he wasn't sure that Mitchell Miller would be eligible to play in the NHL and he was commended for stepping forward in that way, at the end of the day, the NHL still registered the contract and Cam Neely was really clear to point out on Monday that he had a direct conversation with Bill Daly, the deputy commissioner, last Wednesday about Mitchell Miller specifically, and the league still registered the contract. They don't have to do that. No one's putting a gun to their head saying that they have to allow and accept that contract. Contracts are rejected on occasion for a lot of different reasons. So in this case, still not understanding necessarily why the Bruins didn't just say, you know what, we're going to sign this guy to an AHL contract, not an NHL one with performance bonus money and signing bonus money. We're going to make you start it in the ECHL and earn your way up truly. And we're also going to do better due diligence in terms of understanding exactly what all played out and transpired a number of years ago. And really, frankly, what didn't transpire over the last number of years, as clearly in this case, Mitchell Miller late, waited until last week to try and make amends through social media to his victim. It's an ugly situation all the way around. Yeah, it just doesn't come off as sincere in any part from Miller. And if you read any of the comments involving family and stuff, it seems like he's been able to been enabled his whole life. So um, let's put that one to rest for the rest of today here. And let's flip it to something different. We can talk goaltending for the Leafs, Frank. I mean, what else do people want to talk about? Uh, the Maple Leafs are coming off a 3-1 victory on the road against Carolina that Eric Schalgren played in, made 29 saves for his first victory of the season and played well. Uh, but right now, He's about all Toronto has in goal. Matt Murray's on the long-term IR. Ilya Samsonov was injured Saturday. It looked like he tweaked his knee uh, during Brad Marchant penalty shot, which was also a double whammy. Marchant scored. Now Samsonov's on injured reserve. So the Leafs need to make a move for a goaltender. Who are some of the potential trade targets you might see if they do choose to do so, Frank? I think they do, and I would be shocked if they didn't spend the weekend at least internally analyzing not just who might be available, but what the cost is. And yes, I understand that Matt Murray is slated to practice on Tuesday, return to the ice after he's been out since opening night with that adductor injury. But given Murray's injury history and given the potentiality that we don't know what's around the corner for Samsonov, is he out a while? Is he out just a couple weeks? What is it? that they need help regardless. And so here are five names as I've perused the league and talked to league sources uh, that could be available. And they're all of varying shorter term, longer term thought processes, however you wanna go through it. And you can see the acquisition costs there on the right. Someone like Dan Vladar, who's pretty young and a lot of people view as a potential number one in this league, still only 25 years old, signed this year to a league minimum deal. The next two years you see as the extension on there at 2.2 million. There's a number of different fits, but from a pure goaltending perspective, Mike, mm. if you were to add another guy into the mix from this list from the Toronto Maple Leafs, who would catch your eye? You know, I 
kind of feel for Anton Hudobin, who's been out for a while. The problem is that he's been hurt for so long. You don't know what you'd expect. The most consistent goaltender on that list, Frank, that you know what you're going to get 100% to me, that's James Reimer. I mean, you're looking at 9-10, 9-12 safe percentage you're going to get across the board. And for the Maple Leafs, that consistency, if you need somebody to bridge a gap, would make a lot of sense for me. So I'm curious there if it would be a good piece. I even wonder about Persuade out in Vegas, but he's not on your list. So um, I think Reimer would probably be the safest bet out of this group. May not have the highest ceiling, uh, but somebody that I'd be pretty willing to go with if I were the Leafs. How about you? He's just so steady. Like James Reimer, this is the yeah. stat that I found when I was looking up this story, is he's never had a season in the NHL in the most volatile position under a 900 save percentage. I also think the acquisition cost is probably pretty reasonable. His cap hit is reasonable. And he's just steady. He he kicks at a, mm-hmm. a 908, 910, 913 save percentage just about every year. I'd have to think that the Leafs would also be pretty enamored by the idea of Corpus Allo because they saw firsthand in the bubble in 2020 the ceiling, the level that he could get to. He just hasn't been able to get there. And they he was offered around, I think, you know, around the league in the summer at somewhere for a mid to late round pick. So they probably could have had him a lot cheaper over the summer. He signs a one-year extension at $1.3 million. No real risk for the Blue Jackets, who also have Daniel Tarasov in the wait as well. He was sent down to the AHL when they got back from Finland over the weekend. Let's talk. Uh, continue to talk goalies, and let's talk about a guy that's really struggling in Edmonton, Jack Campbell. Pretty critical of his play. He has a north of 4.0 goals against average to this point in the season. An 874 save percentage, as you can see, and publicly flogged himself, saying that his game to this point has been, quote, pathetic. Mike, what are your thoughts? What are you seeing out of Jack Campbell's game to this point in the season? Well, Jack keeps beating himself up, um, and that at this point, it's just kind of who he is, um, and I, I wish he'd just stop, <laughs> but um, I think part of it, Frank, is that the Oilers have played a little bit different in front of Stuart Skinner than they have Campbell. They've been a little bit better in front of Skinner, um, but there's more to that. I mean, when I watch Campbell, I see a goalie who I think his rebound control hasn't been great this year. There's been several goals scored off clean rebounds, and he's been attacking second shots rather than just getting to the middle of his net. Um, I, I've seen him also have trouble with his alignment and it's one thing here i've got a couple clips that we can show run real quick that i think he's having trouble down the wing getting his right foot in front of his left foot and it's making life difficult as the play moves towards him to be able to move across and get square and you can see when he gets set here his right foot's in front of his left the pass will go across and that whole net's open he's not rotating on time he's not getting his upper body there he's not getting square to the shot and i think that's tough and if you're not going to get square early you have a real difficult time for a shot. And you'll get to see a second example of it as I finish up on him here that, you know, his tracking is just off right now. It's not just these shots that go across the crease. You know, the other night against Dallas, he allows a clean one-timer from Colin Miller. Now, Miller can kill the puck 105 miles an hour, but off the glove and in from the blue line, Frank. So I I think it's a little bit of everything. It's rebound control, it's puck tracking, and it's just getting square on time that I think is keeping Campbell from being able to be his self right now. And Tuesday, he's going to go against the Lightning because it looks like tonight you're going to see Skinner uh, playing against the Caps. So Tuesday is going to be a big test for Campbell. So you mentioned the mechanics, but I wonder about what's going on between his ears. How much of this is mental Mm -hmm. when you hear a goalie flog himself publicly? Probably doing that also behind the scenes. But I've always wondered about Campbell because it seems like he's always on a bit of a more of an emotional roller coaster than some other netminders in the league. Do you think that plays a role? 
I think so. And I think that's where the puck tracking really comes in. If your mechanics and your alignment aren't good to start, you try to start to make up for it. And that's where chasing rebounds and the puck tracking being off, you know, that's where you can start to overthink things and you make life difficult on yourself. And I think we might be seeing a little bit of that at Campbell right now. It was a busy weekend for the Department of Player Safety. Let's get some uh, insight from ESPN's NHL rules analyst. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. Pleased to welcome to Daily Faceoff Live, former NHL official, now ESPN rules analyst Dave Jackson to the program for this segment delivered by DoorDash. How are you doing, Dave? I'm great, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, really glad to have you. Uh, your insight has been fantastic on ESPN. And if you're not following him on Twitter, please do so at ESPN NHL Ref. And Dave, a busy weekend, as I mentioned, and a lot of eyeballs were on Matthew Kachuk up to some of his old tricks on the ice. Poking Jonathan Quick under his mask. He gets, of course, a hearing and a two-game suspension. My question for you is, were you surprised that maybe it wasn't a bit longer than that? Maybe there's not a ton of precedent here, but it seems like kind of a dangerous play when you get a goalie under his mask. Well, first off, suspensions, I mean, really, that's way above my pay grade. Uh, you know, we're like we're like street uh, street cops. We we bust them, and then, you know, the, the sentence is doled out by a judge. So uh, I can't really uh, profess to know what the mechanics are of suspensions. There, um, I, I would think the fact that there was no injury, um, it really wasn't a, you know, a large, a big swing. Uh, it was it was it was uncalled for. It was unsafe, and I really don't have a you know a barometer as to what the sort of matrix is for how many games a guy gets but I'm glad to see they addressed it because that's totally uncalled for in today's game so Kachuk wasn't just 
guilty of one thing uh, in the game against the um, against the Kings the other evening. And there's a situation where there was a goal disallowed where Kachuk came past the front of the net. He was completely outside of the crease, Dave, but he made contact with Jonathan Quick, whose feet were in the crease, but his head was well outside of it. And the goal ended up being called back. And I'd like to see these goals count. I think that this was minimal contact. It occurred outside the crease. The blue paint is where goalies belong, and it's ours. We own that. But this goal was disallowed. So what do you think was the ultimate deciding factor in why the goal didn't stand? Well, it's funny because my Twitter account just blew up. There was a goal, and I'm sure you remember it, last spring in the playoffs with Kucherov. Um, He was in front of the – he was in the white – in the white, uh, I believe Brabrovsky was in, in blue paint, but his body was outside the crease. Uh, Kucherov made contact with Bobrovsky's head with his rear end as the puck went in the net and the goal was allowed. And I was on Twitter saying it was the right call, great call, because the player is doing everything you ask of him. He's staying outside the blue paint, he's facing the shot, and he's not trying to make contact with the goaltender. It just so happens that they're both fighting for that space. So when this goal happened on on Saturday night, my first reaction was this is this is going to be allowed. This this goal is uh, it's gonna the disallowed goal will be overturned. And if if I'd have been on TV, I'd I'd have been wrong because it ultimately it was upheld as, as no goal. Now what people don't understand and what you just said, Mike, is uh, I totally agree with you. The white paint belongs to the player, and if the goalie yes. ventures out into that white paint. They've got to. They've got to deal with incidental contact. They're they're not they're 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 protected. You can't run them over. But jostling for position, and when you're in that white paint, that's anybody's ice. In this case here, I believe what the referees determined was it was incidental contact, but it was deliberate incidental contact. Mm-hmm. I think we can agree that the contact did prevent him from doing his job. Yeah. And had that contact been accidental, I think the goal would have been good. I believe in this case, now the referees, even though the call is made in Toronto, Toronto has the final say as to whether it's a, uh, whether the goal will stand or will be overturned. But they do consult with the referees on the ice because they want some context. They want some nuance as to what's going on here. And I believe, and I haven't talked to anybody involved in making this call, but my, my gut tells me that the referees were adamant that this contact was deliberate versus accidental. Hmm. And I don't know what transpired leading up to that play, but I can tell you from experience on the ice, when you have a guy that's always on the crease, always on the crease, that's his job to create, you know, a little bit of mayhem and all that, uh, get the goalie off his game. But sometimes you got to talk to that player and you have to say, listen, you're right on the line, man. Like, don't cross that line because if you do, bad things are going to happen. And that might be a penalty. That might be a goal being disallowed. And if the player continues to do that, and I'm not saying this is what transpired, I'm just saying... This is what does happen. Sometimes you don't get the benefit of the doubt when you've been warned a couple of times that you're about to cross the line. So mm-hmm. when I saw how quickly the referee disallowed this goal, there was no hesitation in his mind. He deemed that to be no goal, deliberate contact, and I believe that's why it was disallowed. 
Okay. Yeah, that's really interesting that uh, that whole process, Dave, between the warning and, and how all that works, the constant sort of reminders. Love getting that insight from you as well. Uh, so glad to have Dave Jackson join us and also wanted to give a little congratulations as well to your son, Ryan, a new uh, NHL linesman. He made his debut just uh, recently here. And so congratulations to the Jackson family and so glad to have you on board today on Daily Faceoff Live. That'll do it for today's segment. Ask the ref. You can see the promo code there at the bottom of your screen. Green. This segment delivered by DoorDash. Game day 25 gets you 25% off and free delivery on your first order with DoorDash. All your favorites and more delivered right to your door by DoorDash. Thanks a lot, Dave. Thanks, guys. All right, Mike, it's time for our Daily Faceoff inbox question of the day. Connor McDavid set to skate in his 500th career National Hockey League game on Monday night. And as you can see here, he is the sixth uh, place finisher for most points through 500 career NHL games with 722 heading into Monday night. The real question is when Connor McDavid gets to 1,000 career NHL games, so 501 from now, what will be his point total then? I'm going to say he's going to be well over 1,500 points because I think if he got 722 in this first span of his career over the next span, the same time frame, he's going to be 30 or 31. I'm going to say he puts up 850 points in his next 500. I think shooters are actually getting ahead of goaltenders now, and I don't see that starting to change. So I think he'd be knocking on the top 10 all time, Frank. Wow, it's so fascinating to hear you say shooters are getting ahead of goalies. I wonder if there will be an adjustment at any point over those 500 games. I think it is true. I don't think it's been said very often enough. And I agree. I said 1,500 on the dot um, because I'd imagine at some point, you know, teams are obviously going to be keying in on McDavid. Uh, I just can see him getting better and better too. Uh, And when you look at that point total, 722 also includes that rookie season as well, where he wasn't nearly at the point of game pace that he is now. It's going to be interesting to watch Connor McDavid hitting 500 games played. Man, it feels like that went by in a hurry. That brings us to our daily face-off points bet, daily bets segment. Tyler, please tell me that November you're off to a better start. Yeah, we're, we're actually doing okay. We are in the positives for November, and that is always good. Went two for two on Friday, went two for three on Saturday with just a couple of brutal beats. Missed the over-under in Columbus, Colorado by one. Missed Brock Nelson's shot prop by one. But regardless, we move on tonight, and I am loving the fact that our friends at Points Bet Canada have as many shot props up as they do because that is where I'm going for two of my three plays this evening, starting with... Zach Hyman, over three and a half shots. This shouldn't be a plus money. Point blank. That's it. It should not be a plus money. I think it's really, really great value. He's hit this in seven straight. In three of those games, he's gone over five shots, including seven in two of them. He loves shooting the pill. He's staying in this Oilers top six, even though they got new look lines. I love taking Hyman over three and a half shots. This evening is my first shot prop. My second one is Vlad Tarasenko to go over two and a half. He's averaging three shots on goal so far this year. He's hit this mark in three of five early in the year. Wasn't shooting the puck a lot. Now he's starting to get going. In two of his last five games, he's hit the five shot on goal mark. I think minus 130 is a solid price here for him to go over two and a half. And wrapping up 
with a Patrice Bergeron assist, which is up at plus 120. The best mark of out of Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasternak. This is easily the best payout for Bergeron to go and uh, get an assist. He's missed it in back-to-back games, but before that, it was three in a row for Bergeron. So I think it's a great spot here going up against a Blues team. That's allowed the fifth most goals per game in the NHL, Frank. Tyler, the shot prop king, love to see it, love to track it. We'll see how you do when we talk tomorrow. Uh, That is our points bet daily bet segment. That brings us to garbage time. And Mike, I usually cede the floor to you, but as a proud Philadelphian who doesn't know what he's going to do with the next number of nights now, uh, with baseball being over, that I want to talk about the power of sport. The Phillies, as you know, and I've talked a bunch of baseball here uh, over the last few weeks as I've really enjoyed for the first time in 15 years being a fan of anything. And my family's been along for the ride. So we're on our couch on Saturday night after the Phillies lost in game six to the Houston Astros. And my wife and I look over and our eight-year-old son is crying. And I wanted to say this is actually uh, – he went to bed that night where. We kind of started baseball season. He wasn't really sure of the rules. How does it work? And baseball, if you as a parent have never explained it, is actually really difficult. Like, why is a foul ball on the second strike not a strikeout? Kids, it is like there's a lot to pick up in baseball with the different rules, force outs, and all those different things. And so we got to the end of the season, and not only was he a huge baseball fan as we hit a couple different parks, but became a diehard Phillies fan to the point where he'd know every guy in the lineup and their name and what they've been doing recently and how well or how poorly they've been playing. And so for me, it was awesome to live and watch this World Series run vicariously through my son. Um, Just the absolute pure joy that it brought, not just him, but so many other people in this city. Uh, Thank you to the Phillies. And yeah, going to be watching a lot of hockey from here on in, I guess. That's really cool, man. That's it's easier for him to learn baseball than cricket. I'll say that. I never figured out that sport. And I remember the first time my own daughter showed a little bit of emotion as she was crying at an episode of Bubble Guppies. So uh, it wasn't sports. It was Bubble Guppies. But I know that same feeling. St. Louis, my hometown, went like that when the Blues won. So sports are powerful, man. We watch to see the unexpected. We get invested. And as your son found out, probably a lifelong Phillies fan now. Yeah, and I also told him, like, that feeling you have, get used to it, kid, because you're growing up in Philly and you don't <laughs> win all that often. So that's just going to be the way it is. And so some hard lessons along the way as well, but what a fun time. That'll do it for Daily Faceoff Live on this Monday, November 7th. Thanks to Dave Jackson. Thanks to Mike McKenna, as well as Tyler Remchuk and our head of production, Alex Allard. We'll be back on Tuesday, 12 noon Eastern. You know where to find us. Some fun stuff in store. If you like the show, hit like and subscribe on YouTube, and we'll talk Talk to you then. Enjoy Monday night's games, everyone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.